Welcome to this podcast by Global Church. We are a church planting movement wanting to reach cities from here to everywhere, one to everyone. If you want to find out more information, check out our website on www.globalchurch.co.uk. We've been going through a little bit of a a series about community. And um, back in Easter, Dave brought his message and said, you can belong before you believe. And so if you're you're here and you're you're not a believer or you're kind of like dipping your toe in or you're kind of a little bit unsure, you are more than welcome. But at the same time, the last few weeks, um, he's been telling us that um, we all need to belong. So when you're a believer, you can't do church on your own in your front garden. Front garden? That'd be strange. Front room even. Like, you've got to belong to a church. And so... Community is everything. You know, in Genesis 2, um, God said that um, when he made everything, he said everything was good, everything except it wasn't good for man to be alone. Now, a little disclaimer, a couple of hours peace and quiet is beautiful, especially those of us with kids, but even just with wives, you know what I mean? Take that. You can, there's something to chat about in your dinner parties, but um, not good for man to be alone. And the key verse that Dave went through is this. From Hebrews 10, it says, let us not give up the habit of meeting together. Instead, let us encourage one another, which is awesome. And so we've got to, when we're trying to cultivate community, in other words, when we're trying to get an awesome community, we've got to work at it. In the same way that you work at a marriage, you know, like good marriages don't just happen overnight. Well, great, strong communities, they don't just happen. We have to work at them in the same way as anything else. James 3, let me just get straight in there. James 3 says this, it says, you can develop a healthy, robust community that lives right with God and enjoys its results. I'm like, I want that. But it says this, only if you do the hard work of getting along with each other, treating each other with dignity and honor. I love the fact that it calls it, calls it hard work. It's like the Bible is honest. Like some of us are hard work. And even those of us that are like relatively easy to get on with, it's just hard work when you can't have things your own way. Ephesians 4, 3 though says this, you are joined together with, with peace through the Spirit, that's the Holy Spirit, to make every effort to continue together this way. You see, the Holy Spirit might join us together, but we've got to agree to it. You know, we can't just sit back and go, it's all right, God will do everything. It's like we've got to work at relationships like you do anything else. And so over the, this week and next week, we want to take you through some of the key things that, that just helps grow a great community. And so the first one, we're only going to get to point one today. And I said this morning, like, I've got one point of many. We're only going to get through one point, And the, each point's got a sub-point, and we might not get through all the sub-points, honestly. It, the first point is this, and it's cultivating community takes honesty. And when we say honesty, that means there might be conflict. You say, I don't know about you, but I've noticed that us Brits, and it's definitely a British thing, we're rubbish at conflict. Like, we, we avoid it at all costs. I certainly, you know, I'm no different to that. Um, I had to Google this week, I found out it's not actually illegal to write a bad reference. It's just very, very unheard of. So, like, uh, the worst reference that most people get if you're really bad at your job is they'll just give you the dates when you worked, and that'll be it. And that's like feedback to say you were bad, you know. Rather than just putting down, you know what, they weren't very good, didn't really keep to the time, um, didn't do the job properly. Like, you don't have to be really nasty about it, just to be honest, but we can't be honest. And so my background is school, I still work in a school, and, um, and I know Vic does as well, and uh, a few others maybe. And one of the banes of my life used to be, I don't have to do it anymore, writing reports. Vic's saying she's been doing write, writing reports, because here's what I hate about reports, you can't be honest. You have to, like, kind of, like... Um, I don't even want to say lie, but it is pretty much lying. You have to kind of exaggerate everything to make it positive. And so this is genuinely an example of the sort of rubbish that I used to write, right? Don't know if it will come on the screen or not, but fictional Adam. I know Adam's on the back desk, but it's just pure coincidence. <laughs> uh, Adam is a popular and lively lad who has a great sense of humor. Just quote, this is true. Anytime anybody used to laugh at my jokes in class, I used to write in the report that they had a great sense of humor. 
That's, that's true. Um, on his day, he can produce some good work which he can be proud of. Adam would benefit from concentrating a little more and worrying less about helping others around him, such as his caring nature. I would encourage Adam to have more confidence in his own ability as when he puts his mind to something, then he is clearly capable of great things. Go, Adam. <laughs> like, genuinely, I used to spend hours writing this sort of rubbish. Can I just give you the actual version of what I meant? This is so true as well. Adam is the class clown who can't control himself as there is blatantly no discipline at home. He does, however, laugh at my jokes, which I enjoy. Eight months ago, he drew a picture of a cat and coloured it in. It was in a geography lesson. He's done nothing since, lazy kid that he is. Adam needs to just do his flipping work and stop ruining my lessons by distracting other people, by pretending, poorly might I add, that he's helping others. He's a self-centred narcissist and does not care if he ruins the education of others. Let me carry on, this is, this is therapeutic. I, I plead with him daily to crack on with his own work, which despite Idmardi outbursts and protests, he is well capable of doing. He's just lazy. When he puts his mind to something, he's capable of great things. As every lesson of mine, he really tries his best to ruin it for everyone and pee me off when he manages to do just that to perfection. And finally, go Adam means, yes, go Adam, to a land far, far away, <laughs> or at least to the isolation room, anywhere, just go. <laughs> that's, that's genuine. That's genuine, and I don't know. But that's the sort of rubbish that I would write. And so, like, I, I've got some parents, my new job, I work in pastoral care, you can probably guess. And, um, Parents throw me up sometimes and say, oh, um, I've just read the report and they're not doing very well. But no one told me at parents' evening, they sort of said he was so-so. And I'm like, yeah, they won't do because they don't want to, you know, they don't want the conflict. One parent threw me up and she said, um, does my kid have an average amount of detentions? You know, so I sort of said, uh, well, he's not maybe in the top five worst kids in the year group. Definitely top ten, probably sixth. <laughs> but I haven't got numbers and figures. And she went, oh, okay. I'm like, why couldn't I just say, no, he's not great. Let's have a chat about it. I'm glad you're on side. But we just don't like conflict. But here's the thing. The Bible's the opposite. It tells us to speak the truth in love. That's what Paul said. And Jesus did it. And I'm convinced that Jesus, if he were alive today, would be banned from most churches. Like, not just not welcome, like banned. Because he was just intense with it. Like, he turned the tables over. He told his friend he was Satan. That's pretty intense. Um, you know, but here's the thing. You need to care enough to lovingly speak the truth. Proverbs, he says this, an honest answer is a sign of true friendship. And so if we want to be real friends with each other, we've, we've got to be honest. And um, sometimes we think we're being friendly because we're trying to keep the peace. And it's just like, it's just not helpful. So here's the thing. In, in global, we say that this lot, we're real and relational and relevant and robust, but real and relational. Here's a question for you. How real and re relational are some of us? I mean, like, we'd like to think we are, but just because the banner says we are doesn't mean we are. In fact, for most of us, we probably aren't. Um, not that we're kind of completely closed books, but how many people really know you? How, many, how often are you really honest with people that you want to be? Just being honest, you know, and so if we're not, that's all right, but let's start by admitting it. That's the first point. You know, we start and say, you know what, I'm just, I'm not there. Like, I, the banner says I am, but actually that's not really me. You know, because w w when you start on it, you can ask God for help. He'll bring humility, he'll bring awareness, and it's just good. Galatians 6 says this, look, Brothers and sisters, if someone in your group does something wrong, you who are spiritual should go to that person and gently help them make it right again. Gently help him make it right again, but also help him, not just, not just ignore it. So here's a question for you, like, how do you take feedback? Who's ever, I mean, like, because feedback's probably another word for confrontation, right? How do you take it? I mean, do you get really defensive when you get it? 
I'm not just talking in church, I'm just talking in life. You know, do you get defensive about it? Do you welcome it? Do you actually use it? Do you do what I do and go, yeah, yeah, that's really good, and then do the opposite? <laughs> I'm, we've all been there, right? It's like, that's so true. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but you're thinking it's true, but they just don't want it. You know, it, feedback can be awkward. I've had some awkward times when people have fed back to me. And it's not that it has to be awkward, but it often is, because you're cutting across what people think are right. But here's the thing, I've always gained from it. You know, I remember years ago, meeting Andy Nimmo. A lot of people know Andy Nimmo, our executive pastor. And he texted me and he said, oh, um, could do with catching up. Can we meet? And I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we met in this coffee shop. And uh, I'll be honest, I thought it was um, something to do with hosting. We were leading hosting at a time. So I thought like he'd found a new pork pie or something like that that he wanted to bring in. Or something like that. Something kind of fairly trivial. And um, he said, Seth, um, I've got this sort of thought for you. You're not... Um, you were always talking about being tired. I said, yeah, yeah, it's teaching. You know what I mean? It's like it's draining. Teachers are the worst for this, aren't they? About talking about being tired and overworked and all the rest of it. And uh, he said, it's just not good for you. I said, what, being tired? I know I need to get some more rest. <laughs> he said, no, 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 no. Just the mindset of I'm tired. It's just not good for you. It might be true, but it's just not helpful. There's things you need to look. And ironically, um, you know, a few months earlier, someone had brought a similar sort of scripture as well that said, like, stop saying you're always tired. Like, you might feel that, but you end up embodying what you believe. And you know what? That was really difficult for Andy because it was awkward, even though we're friends. But it was good for me. And at the time, I remember going, yeah, 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 I agree. And then I carried on doing the same thing. And then eventually started to slightly make a U-turn. And it, has, it genuinely has changed my life. Uh, here's my bedtime soon, though, so... Only joking. Oh, 10 o'clock. Let me just give you this little quote from Rick Warren. Rick Warren, one of the great church builders of today, he says this. Many church fellowships, in other words, like we'd call that churches like Spurrygate or Acom, and small groups, we'd call that dinner parties, remain superficial because they are afraid of conflict. Whenever an issue pops up that might cause tension or discomfort, it is immediately glossed over in order to preserve a false sense of peace. Mr. Dote rocked the boat. Anybody else like that? That's me. Not proud, but I'm, that's me. Mr. Don't Rock the Boat jumps in and tries to smooth everyone's ruffled feathers. The issue is never resolved, however, and everyone lives with an underlying frustration. Everyone knows about the problem, but no one talks about it openly. And this creates a sick environment of secrets where gossip thrives. It's like, oh, well, I thought I was just being kind to not tell people what was going on. It's like, no, it's the opposite. Proverbs 28 says this, in the end, people appreciate frankness more than flattery. So, um, genuine, that's feedback for the women, I think. When you ask us, like, do you like this dress? <laughs> it's biblical for me, to be honest. <laughs> so, first question, how much does it cost? <laughs> no, I'm joking. So, um, but listen, I just want to tool us up, because um, if the Bible tells us to confront people, and can I just cl clarify one thing? When we say confront, we're talking about a conversation. You know, I mean, if you want to, I've thought of this little quote earlier, like you can tweet this out if you want, but confrontation is a conversation, not a headlock. <laughs> right? There's a little tweet for you there, but it's true. We're not talking about kind of like squaring up to someone or something like that. We're talking about getting around and say, hey, Sam, can we catch up for coffee? Because I've got some, I just want to want to put out, you might not have noticed, or, or whatever it is. Or, hey, John might come up to me and say, I've, I've noticed something, I've got some advice for you. Can I just hand it in? It's probably counter to what you're thinking, but let me just pull it in there. It's just called love. So here's the thing. Let me just give you some, uh, some, some tips, some points anyway. Point number one is this then. We've got, to, we've got to learn to love first and then confront second. You see, if not, confront, confrontation without love, it becomes legalism. It's no grace and it's just about you and your frustrations. It becomes about just getting things off your chest just because that makes me feel a bit better. You know, I spoke this morning. It's not in my notes, actually, but... Um, 
about, you remember when you go, to, have anyone been at train stations when the trains aren't running on time and everyone has a go at like the person on the platform that wears the uniform? I don't even know what job they do. Um, but no one really cares. They just want to have a go at someone just to get it off their chest. And so they'll, they'll talk to this person, they'll start shouting and arguing and this person's usually trained just to like nod. Like that's part of the job description, I imagine. How can you, can you nod and not smile, never smile, but just like that. And I just think, what are you achieving? Other than like getting something off your chest. Like you're confronting this person, they can't help you. Head office probably can't even help you. It's like the weather's done it or whatever. I'm sure they haven't chosen for a train to be late. They didn't sit down and have a planning meeting and go, right, I've got a good idea. <laughs> like it's stupid, but we do it. And um, here's the thing. So let's not do that. You know, when we confront, it's about trying to cultivate a strong community. It's about this. It's about trying to be real and, re and relational. And we're going to have to be robust as well to take it as people. But it's done within the context of church. You know, we are a family. That's what we talked about. We've been talking about form for God's family. And so when, when we grab that coffee with people or when we, when we come to someone and say, listen, I've got someone to tell you, that's the, the context within it. You know, at meetings at school, I often, in pastoral care, I often meet with parents. And a lot of the meetings aren't that nice because the parents often aren't that supportive. And sometimes I have to remind them before the start and say, listen, before you come and tell me that you're not happy with that, everything that we're doing, and before we say we're not happy with everything that you're doing, can we just give you the backdrop? And the backdrop is this, we're on the same side. Like, because they forget that. So like, it's in our interest for your kid to do well. And guess what? You want your kid to do well. Can we agree on that one to start with? Good, now let's talk about, you know, the fact that you think you don't have to wear proper uniform. Or whatever it is, you know. But, but remember that, we're on the same side. It's got to be done through love. Um, in Timothy, this is uh, the Apostle Paul, so the great church planter. He's talking to a lad called Timothy. who was a bit like his number two. He was trying to train him up, and he's, he's training him up to, to plant churches, and he says this, never use harsh words when you correct an older man. So don't never correct an older man, but he's presuming he's going to correct people. So when you do correct them, don't use harsh words, but talk to him as if he were your father. Talk to younger men as if they were your brothers. Talk to older women as if they were your mothers, and younger women as if they were your sisters. It's like the family. We want the best for family. Number two, then, anyway, don't, you, don't use confrontation to deal with your issues and not theirs. I've sort of hinted at that already with the train platform and things like that, but like, let me just go through some obvious ones. Like, if you don't like the worship in this church, that's your issue. Like, if you don't know the, like the way that your dinner parties run, that's, that's your issue. And it's not that you can't come up with suggestions, like suggestions and confrontations different. So, you know, you might want to talk to your dinner party lady and say, listen, I've got a great way of how to improve what we're doing. That's all right. That's good. Um, or you might go to talk to Sam and Vic and say, hey, I've got a, a thought for the service. That's, that's okay. It's a suggestion. But we're not trying to use this kind of like, you know, um, I've got to tell you this. And also, can we sort of ban the kind of like, God told me to say this? Because it's just so bad. You know, like, Sam, God's told me to say this. It's so hard to argue against. If God wants to tell Sam something, he'll tell him. So the rest of us, we're off the hook. <laughs> we're good. It's not that we don't offer feedback. We've got to do it gently. Number three, then. Um, prepare for people to disagree back and even for you to be wrong. I don't know if anyone's ever done that. Has anyone ever, like confronted someone on something and they've just disagreed and it's awkward and then sometimes it turns out they're right and you're wrong and you're almost having to like backtrack and it feels awkward but you know what good on you for doing it good on you for doing it if you're doing it with the right heart and the right motivation and you've checked it off and you've thought it through it's good it shows that you love them leon fontaine says this true love is strong and sometimes confrontational nice dances around the issues and that's not what jesus did 
If we want to love people well, the way Jesus does, we need to realize something very important. Loving is not the same as people-pleasing. Ouch. Uh, I don't know about you, see, I'm a people pleaser. I want everyone to be happy, like just very idealistic, like everyone. And, but I had a boss once who, 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 who led like that, and it just doesn't work. Like he would genuinely have people queuing up to, in his office, then somebody would go in and say, I've got an idea, I think we need to do this, and he'd say, yeah, great. And then someone could go in five minutes later and say, I've got an idea, and come out with the opposite. And he'd say, yeah, yeah great. And in any event, nothing ever got done, because we were just trying to please everyone. It's just not good, and it leads to frustrations. Number four, choose a good time to confront. Don't know about you, but I'm rubbish at night. I hate night times. But here's the thing, choose a good time. So like, I, we have a little rule in our house, and we haven't got an exact cut-off point, but like, at night, I don't want serious conversations. Like I tell my wife, like Valerie, and she never listens, but I just, <laughs> I like, if you want com- serious conversations all the time, I'm fine, 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 fine. There's a cut-off point, about nine o'clock. When I'm just like, I don't want to hear it. Unless it's desperate and the house is falling down, I'm not interested because it's you've had all day. Some people are nodding like, yeah, 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 thank you. But, but find a good time. for. But here's the thing, early in the morning is fine. So if she wants to get up at 5 o'clock with me, I'm all good. I'll have it out then if she wants. She doesn't. And that's why she moans. But there we go. Um, but let me just say, like, these are some things that aren't good. Like, so after a church service, that's not a good time to confront someone. This is a happy time. We get together. We, we, you know, we raise a glass in the built more. It might be a time when you arrange a meeting with someone, but it's not the time when we're going to confront. Um, when you're tired, that's not great. Here's what is good like. Just go for a walk or go for a beer, but make it like one or two, not five. <laughs> Middle of the day is good, but it, ask someone when's good. Have you ever thought, like, listen, we need to have a chat, Stevie, so when's good for you? And, go, and try and go with the flow of the leaders. You know, like, I, we used to, uh, I used to have a leader who was busy, busy, and so I had to swing in with him. And I don't like night times, but sometimes he'd say, listen, I want to catch up. I'd say, great, when? He'd go, I'm struggling. Can you do, like, what, half past ten at night, Thursday? We could go to a 12. Yeah, okay. Like, it's not ideal for me, but it's great for him. He's a busy one, so let's swing in. Coffee shops are good. Andy got me a, a coffee as well. People's homes are good for conf- confrontation, but don't, don't bring negativity into your own home. You know, if it's something really big, keep it away from the home. It's just something nice about protecting the home. But here's the thing. Sometimes it, it needs to be now. When we talk about good times to confront, sometimes it's not something you can wait. Most of the time it is. But, you know, if you're on a night out and your friend's had far too much to drink and he's, drink and he's making silly decisions, like, there's the time. <laughs> That's the time then. You know, like, we're not wanting to leave it and go, ah, oh, but I'll just, no, 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 just take him home. <laughs> Even though it's only 10 o'clock at night, just call him a taxi and go home with them. You've got to do it. Number five, be careful then not to just use short-term conflict resolutions to medium-term issues. So let me just clarify, like a short-term resolution might have a great immediate impact and may be required to take you out of a situation but offers no term, long-term support or solution. So here's the thing, if your mate's drunk and you put him in a taxi, that's a short-term impact, that's good. But then if he's drunk of several nights in a row and you're with him and you keep putting him in taxis without ever having a conversation with him and saying, listen mate, what's going on? That's, that's not helpful. It's just not great. You know, um, it's just not good. You know, uh, I spoke this morning. Um, my job mainly is chasing bad kids down corridors, trying to get them into lessons when they refuse to go, uh, and then getting them into lessons with success, but then pulling them out like five minutes afterwards because they've kicked off. <laughs> and uh, it's, quite, it's very rewarding, as you can imagine. <laughs> but here's the thing. Like, so I, I use all sorts of like, salu- ways to try and get them in trying to get them into lessons and to do as they're told. And usually, like, so teachers 
Uh, I'm going to write a book about this. This is genuine because teachers they have two ways. I've invented the third, though. That's what I'm going to write a book about. Teachers are either really strict, so they start shouting. You know, you've got someone that's really angry and they just shout. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Or they go really soft and quiet and say, come on, we need to. And they often try and like little, little hypnosis, like kind of, remember when you were a kid? <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> just trying to like, you know, make them think. I've got a third way of doing it. When someone's really angry and they just won't go, I just confuse them. And it works every time, honestly. I think Just Confuse Them will be the title of the book. You know, you'll have someone that's getting really angry, maybe in punching lockers and stuff like that, and there's, there's someone trying to get them, and they'll just go, so um, who do you think would win in a race? A chicken on a scooter or a frog on roller skates? <laughs> and they're like, genuinely, they're like, well, why would a chicken race a frog? <laughs> well, I don't know. Let's chat about it. <laughs> and it just works. It just confuses them. I had... Uh, <laughs> I'd ask any kind of stupid question just to get them things, but here's the thing. Um, if all I do is silly little bits like that, that's fine for that moment, but if I then don't go and have a chat with them when they've called down and say, what happened? How's your knuckles? <laughs> like, what's going on? Then, then, then it's, I've not got anywhere with them. Number six, then, let's keep going. Don't ignore it. So if you get a conviction from the Holy Spirit, check it off with the leader, but then go and confront. Do it in love, but go and confront them. And don't delay in favor what they might say. You know, it's not a, fear is not an excuse not to confront, because if you love someone, you'll confront. And so um, you might feel a little bit silly, but here's the thing, we're free to fail. And so, you know, let's try and, try and do it and make it fun, try and do it and make it lively, but also just be real. There's nothing wrong with saying, hey, this is the first time I've ever said this, so help me out a little bit. Uh, uh, you know, I'm going to have to say something, and uh, yeah, yeah, go on, tell me. You know, make it easy. Why don't you, this week, why don't you go up to some, anyone and just say, can I have some feedback, please, about how I'm doing on a certain team or in dinner parties in life? Or I just want feedback. Like, help them confront you. Put them on the spot a little bit. I mean, can you imagine genuinely if everybody went to work this week and just went to your boss, uh, can I have a bit of feedback about how I'm doing? I mean, like, I know it's not my end-of-year review or whatever it is that you normally do, but I'm just wondering, how am I doing? Like, it'd be amazing, right? Because they'd go, well, why are you asking? Oh, I was at a talk on church on Sunday. <laughs> and they were talking about feedback and confrontation. I just wondered, how am I doing? Like, it'd blow their minds, and it'd make you awesome as well at the same time. It's just a thought. Number seven, anyway. Pick your battles. Pick your battles. You know, let's, especially when people are new to church, we've got to give them time and grace to, to change. There's no point in saying someone's been in church, you know, for, for all of like a week, and then you start saying, right, I need to confront them a little bit on their lifestyle choices. It's like, whoa, give them two. <laughs> give them two, you know, because um, it's just too much. And we need some wisdom to do that. So one of my big jobs at school is corridor duty. Come on. And so uh, we have to check that everyone's in the right uniform on corridor duty. So we're looking at shirts. Is it tucked in? Ties? Are they on? Uh, blazers, chewing gum, you know, skirts of the other good length, all the rest of it. And so there's this girl, let's call her Sarah, who's uh, not one of the best students. But she was walking through the corridor, and um, she had, like, nothing right. You know, like, no blazer, no tie, chewing gum. You can imagine, like, just it. And so she's walking down, and I thought, right, I could confront her, but then it probably would end badly. Right, because she'd either walk off and ignore me, at which point we'd have to follow that up, or she'd probably swear at me, and therefore I can take it. I've been sworn at a lot, and I've got a response for everything that they may say. But, but she wouldn't have to get excluded, and I don't really want her excluded. You, although she'd have to be, because you've got to be consistent. So uh, I did what every good man should do, and I turned to the head teacher and said, "Come on, over to you." <laughs> he was stood next to me doing it, so I went, "I want to watch and learn, basically, from a leader. He's my leader at school, so let me watch and learn." 
So he went, okay. So she came up and he went, Sarah. She went, yep. <laughs> you know, he went, I've noticed you haven't got a tie. I was like, yeah, I'm the rest. <laughs> <laughs> and he went, she went, yep. He went, well, I'm going to, can we go and get a tie, please? And so she went, do I have to? And he went, yeah, you do. And she went, okay. So they walked up the corridor. And as they're walking up the corridor, he said, oh, can you put your gum in the bin as well, please, when you're there? So she put her gum in the bin. And they went and got a tie. And two minutes later, I saw her walking down the corridor. And she had a tie on and she had no gum in. She still had no blazer, and the miniskirt was definitely a miniskirt. I mean, like, you know, probably I've got underwear that's bigger than that sort of skirt, put it that way. But, th but that's not the point, right? He'd, he'd picked his battles. And I'm thinking, man, you're the head teacher. Surely you could, I mean, he could have asked her to do anything, but she would have probably told him to F off, and then she wouldn't have been there for a few days. And what's he gained? What's he gained through that? But he, he picked his battles. You see, the week afterwards, he picked up the fact that she wasn't wearing a blazer, because by that point, she was wearing a tie and the gun was in the bin. You know, it's little bits, a little bit at a time. Pick your battles. And number eight is this. Confront when necessary, but look for peace. Look for peace. You know, the Bible says that we're called to be peacemakers. In Matthew 5, it says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. Blessed. And um, whenever we're going through these things, we need to have two things at the forefront of our mind, peace and building church. That's what we're here for, right? We're trying to build church together. And so when we're going to confront someone or have a conversation with them, remember, because confronting is a conversation, not a headlock, we want to have that at the forefront of our mind, peace, and be a peacemaker. A peacemaker. You know, a few years ago, I had, um, we had some work done to our house. We had like a, a loft boarded um, and a little, little bit of work done. And so I, I got this joiner who I saw, he's sort of a friend of a friend. I knew him a little bit. And he came over and he said, yeah, that's no problem. Uh, it'll cost this much. Gave me the price. I went, great. Uh, he said, do you want to buy your own materials? Because then like, you'll know what kind you want. You know, like, you'll know what kind of ladder you want. And also, you wouldn't have to play VAT then if I don't buy it for you and charge you. I said, that sounds great. We'll buy all that. You turn up. We set a date. It was great. Came and did all the work. It was fantastic. Um, about a week later, though, we never had a bill. And I was just like, I just want to get it paid. Does anyone else have that? Where you, get, you just want to get something paid, like invoice, and you know it's done. Um, all the organized men are like, yeah, everyone else is like, I don't know. But you know, then it's out of the way. And so this bill uh, eventually came through our door, and it was double what we'd agreed. And I'm like, man, that's like double what we agreed. And he charged us for materials, and I'm thinking, we bought like most of the materials. And so my immediate thought was, I'll just pay it, but then like hate him in my heart. Maybe hate's a strong word, but you know, like, strongly despise. <laughs> I don't know, but you know, like, maybe I'll just pay it and get it out of the way, because that's me. I don't like confrontation, but, but I won't necessarily, and then I just won't speak to him again, because he's, he's, he's wrecked me a little bit. And um, I thought, no, nah, I need to confront, because it, it just, it got to me. We had the money, we had the extra money. We could afford to pay it, this extra bit of money, but that wasn't the point. It was the principle. And so I confronted him in the worst possible way. It's not even a point because it's so obvious not to do this. Via email. <laughs> point nine, don't use email. Um, like, it just, and I just went, listen, you've great work, but you've charged us twice what you've said. You've got no explanation why you've charged us twice what it said. And like, it's just happened like, uh, hello. Like, you know, we'll get, you'll get the money, but I'm not particularly pleased about this. And so he emailed back within about an hour and said, I've never had anyone ever criticize my work. And I always have a rule that if anyone does criticize my work, I'll work for free. I'll just never work for them ever again, and we won't really speak to each other, and we'll just call it quits. And I thought, cheeky thing, because I'm offering to pay here. I'm not happy with this. I'm offering to pay, but he thinks it's me. 
And so uh, I was annoyed by it, and I realized straight away, like, email was a bad idea. And so uh, I, went, I thought, I'm going to go around to his house, and I'm going to confront him. And I'm driving to his house after work, and I realized, and I can't remember the verse, but I remember the Bible talks about being a peacemaker. And so even though I was convinced I was in the right, turns out I was sort of in the right and sort of in the wrong, but there we go, that's a long story. Um, I was convinced I was in the right. I called off on the supermarket on the way there, and I bought a nice bottle of red wine. I don't even know if it was a, a red wine drinker. Um, I don't even know if it was nice to be honest, but it was like 10, 12 quid. It was more than what you would normally pay because I wanted it to look good. And I, I, I knocked on the door and straight away I got like a bit of a grumpy look. Like, and then I said, I think we need to talk and held out like what is the, the vision of peace, right? Red wine, everyone knows that. <laughs> if you've ever fallen out with someone, you know what I mean? Like held that out and he, he just laughed and he said like, come in. And we had a good chat about it all. And he explained how we'd had to work twice as hard and double the amount of hours and all the rest of it. There was reasoning on his half. That's not the point. The point is this, like, we're called to be peacemakers. And after that, you know what? We had a great relationship that was just really open. And I, I recommended him to other people because I'd realized what that. And we just killed it by that moment of, like, confrontation, which was a conversation, not a headlock. He'd probably beat me in a headlock if, if he could reach. Um, <laughs> um, but it was just that. And after that, we became good friends. Um, but, but we've got that choice. It's that crossroads, isn't it? Of, am I going to confront or am I not going to? So... Do it, and do it peacefully. See, I genuinely think that God wants us to get good at honesty. With honesty comes conflict, because we're not always going to agree. This is what it's like. If we're a family, and this is the, the Spurrygate family, and plus some, including me, like, like you're not all going to get on in family. But it's not that we leave it as we don't get on, and therefore we don't talk. It's like, we've got to work at this. We've got to work at it. And so, you know, I wonder... Um, who we can confront this week, not confront for the sake of confronting, but like what's been on your heart to say, I really want to help that person, but I don't know how to say it. Just let's, let's find a good way of saying it. Let's go for it. You know, I've got some people really close to me, some of, most of which are on in church, in fairness, that I've just backed away for years of saying anything. Like, what are you doing, is what I want to say. <laughs> like, why? Why are you doing that? What are you doing? And, and, and I think I love them, and it's like I love them too much to have that conversation. It's like, no, it's so wrong. It's the opposite. I need to love them more to have that conversation and not be, a, not be afraid of the fallout that they might disagree with me or they might say, let's not, at least I've tried. From the team here at Global Church, thank you for listening to this podcast. Please check out our other messages available on the website, 